back to another episode of ST Talks. I'm your host, Laura Demmer, coming to you from World Dairy Expo. Today, I'm here with David Kendall, ST Genetics Director of Genetic Advancement, to talk about his presentation, which he gave this morning at the World Brown Swiss Conference, all on advancing the brown Swiss breed through genomic testing. Welcome to the podcast today, David. Oh, thank you, Lauren. It's great to be here. To start, you gave your presentation today at the World Brown Swiss Conference. First, can you tell us your background in the brown Swiss breed and why you're just so passionate about this breed? Now, growing up, I had family that actually milked brown Swiss. Um, and I had a fell in love affair with Iveta, <laughs> who was the first cow of any breed to make 300,000 pounds in 10 lactations. And when I was five years old, I had a picture of Iveta on my wall and snow boots with Smelky Way, which was a damn boot maker on my wall. Those were my two cows. <laughs> so I've had that from the beginning. And um, then working, having the opportunity to manage a brown, large brown Swiss farm and to work for brown Swiss, just sort of continued it. You know. Very good. So your presentation today was called The Need for Speed. Can you tell us what the purpose of this uh, seminar was today? The issue that we have with Brown Swiss is we need to speed up the rate of genetic improvement within the breed. We're beginning to use genomics more than we have, but we still need to do a lot more genomic testing of females, not only domestically, but internationally. But the other key piece and the real point of the discussion was that we need to use that data then and start working heifers at a very young age. Every other breed, every other breed, Holsteins and Jerseys will start flushing animals as early as 70 days now with gibbets, right? Um, in Swiss, we still have this tendency where people want to see two-year-olds milking before they'll make their bull mothers, which means you're two generations behind. Right. So if there's any possibility, and I believe there is for us as a breed to maintain our competitiveness, we have to start really working those younger heifers. Mm -hmm. To do that, you have to have faith in genomics. And I was very happy that Martin Rust and David Irv both gave presentations that prove that genomics works in Swiss. Yeah. So it's there, the foundation is there. We just have to utilize it and, and start working those younger heifers. That's the real take home message. So the three technologies you touched on in your presentation, um, being vehicles to genetic improvement was genomics, like you just mentioned, gender-sorted semen, and advanced reproductive technologies. Can you tell us how you believe these can work together to help advance the brown Swiss breed? Well, the first thing is with, with gender-selected semen. <clears throat> Obviously, if you have more females to choose from, your selection intensity goes up, and, and that's a very key piece. It's not only just having 100 half out of your out of 100 cows making sure you have the 50 best heifers out of your 50 best cows so your selection intensity goes up your accuracy of genomics is really a significant contributor so that helps you make better selections and then you come to the last point and that's that genetic interval where you need to get it down you know that we have Holsteins that we have three generations popping out now right at 27 28 months just as short as you can possibly get it um, that's kind of where we need to start thinking about Swiss if we want to catch up. Yeah. And that's what it's about. You use those three technologies together, you can really move the breed forward and, and do it fast, the ne that right. need for speed. So can you tell us what ST Genetics is doing to improve the brown Swiss breed from your opinion? Uh, the first thing is we have Juan Moreno, you know, our CEO, has real dedication right. to the Swiss breed. And... 
of all the major AI organizations, we're the ones who really are putting money into genetics. We're putting money into research. So, you know, we work hard to purchase and source the best genetics, either by purchasing animals or purchase females, purchasing flushes from breeders or purchasing the best bulls. When it comes to genomics at GVI, every time we have the opportunity to do research on new traits or on new recessives, you know, Alan Millam and Joseph Deebs and their teams really step up to the plate and it's, you know, we're very aggressive in trying to get better, more accurate information for Swiss as fast as possible. Um, and then obviously the fact that all of our Swiss semen goes up as high purity. Mm-hmm. So that 93 to 97% window of females is a huge piece. Definitely. And that makes a big difference, you know, and again, it's amazing to me that working around the world, there's a lot of people using the high purity semen who didn't know they were using high purity semen because we didn't tell them and they're just tickled to death you know and, and i've had people say ah five percent's not gonna matter it matters yeah it matters it makes people very happy to have those 95 percent heifers yes definitely um and you started to kind of mention a few things but maybe you could tell us a little bit about um st genetics brown swiss female program yeah, um, we, we're following up with what I'm talking about, uh, looking for those younger heifers, right? Yeah. So we're very aggressive and um, buying younger heifers and starting to work them as soon as we can. We have done a couple of our homebred heifers with Chivet. Yeah. You know, um, we, are, we keep looking for ways to really leverage those younger females, and we use a very broad-scale program. You know, um, Sassy, Norbert Beaver Sassy is our foundation cow. She's sort of the delicious of our Swiss program. Right. And she's really contributed through like we expected, actually much more so through her daughters to date than her sons. Okay. Um, we have a couple of fact daughters out of her that are just doing a tremendous job for us. And that's, we're really focused on that. It, it depends on, on the week and the month and all that, but... You know, we're working between five and 10 Swiss females on a very regular basis. Like every two weeks, we've got them going through and we're putting in the embryos in Ohio. We're putting in the embryos in Syracuse, you know, both places. Fantastic. That's great to hear. So what would be your biggest piece of advice to brown Swiss breeders today? You have to genomically test the females. You need to use sex semen. And you definitely need to be on DHIA and have data that's being contributed to the system. Right. This kind of gets lost sometimes. People think genomics is magic, that somehow we're going to be able to create stuff out of genomics. We can't create anything out of genomics if we don't have phenotypes. Right. And that's a very serious issue that we need to keep stressing. Yes. I just just spoke with Norm Magnuson a little bit ago, and he had um, put it in in a very good way I thought um and he said you know if you're going to utilize the data that genomics brings then you need to contribute to the data that genomics gives right um my final question for today is uh what do you think the opportunity for the breed in the future looks like I think there's a couple of things one thing is something that Enrico Santos the secretary of the Italian or the CEO of the Italian Association has been saying for 20 years is brown Swiss milk really is unique, mm-hmm. and we really need to we need to stop playing games, and we really need to focus on creating products that accentuate the value of brown Swiss milk. You know, one of my favorite things is brown Swiss milk is a lot better for making cheddar than it is for making Swiss cheese. Sorry, Swiss folks, but that's the truth. <laughs> you know, um, brown Swiss milk because of its CLA structure should be a lot better for making butter. One of the things that we did years ago 
when we had the national convention in Beloit was we put regular butter and brown Swiss butter out on the tables in the morning and we just let them sit all day. By the end of the day, the regular butter had sort of did what butter does, you know, it had sort of softened down and melted and looked a little oily and greasy, whereas the brown Swiss butter that we got from South Dakota State, um, thank you to Dr. Mystery, stayed firm. You know, it was soft, but it it stayed firm. It, It maintained its structure much better. And that was just showing you, you know, you can actually visualize the differences that are capable with brown Swiss milk. So that's one of the things that's really crucial. Another thing is we have some crazy traits in the breed. One of my favorite, another one of my favorite ones is a brown, the average brown Swiss cow has a ketone level for the first two to three weeks after she's calved that would kill a Holstein or a Jersey. And it doesn't bother her. What does that mean? You know, I don't know. The Japanese did a little study years ago that said that maybe it indicates efficiencies or something. I don't know. It's one of those things I wish somebody would take the effort to find out because, yeah, Interesting. those ketone levels are just nuts. You know, wow. you cannot look at a ketone on a Swiss and treat her like you would treat a Holstein or Jersey. They just don't hold up. Then you have the, the very strong thing is this is back when Dave Wallace was secretary of Swiss. They tried to get this thing going about the south of 80 program, I think, or Maybe 80 is too far north. You get brown Swiss into climates where cows cannot maximize their production, uh-huh. like Florida. In those environments, Swiss are very competitive. If a Holstein can't produce 40,000 pounds because of the environment, a Swiss can produce 30,000 pounds and remain healthy. That's a place that Swiss actually shine. And I know Enrico later on this afternoon is going to be talking a little bit about that. That's Those are the kind of things that we need to really look at. And Again, you know, I don't care if there's no, well, I do care if there's no Swiss in Wisconsin, but, you know, it'd be great if you go down south to Florida and um, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, and they'd all be brown Swiss because they fit the environment better. Right. You know, there's lots of opportunities, but people have to take advantage of them. They have to look at it and they have to invest some money. And those are hard things. Yeah. And just the knowledge of, of all of these benefits and opportunities too. Yep. Well, thank you, David, for joining us today and for sharing your insight and your passion for the Brown Swiss breed. Uh, Thank you, Lauren. This was another episode of ST Talks. If you liked what you heard, you can find more episodes on your favorite podcast platform by searching ST Talks or ST Genetics. And if you want to learn more about ST Genetics, visit our website at stgen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. 